Dearly beloved, we're gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you there's something else, the afterworld. Or as we like to call it, the podcast called This Our Johnny Domino. I like that introduction. Did I tell you when I saw Prince when he played at the O2 in, gosh, what was it, 2007? I was very excited, obviously. And just before he came on stage, you kind of hear this chord building up. Mm -hmm. And then this tiny little man popped up through a hole in the stage and said, dearly beloved, and I lost my shit. As you would. I just went crazy. Did you? Oh, um, well, that's the song. Exactly. It, it was a call to arms, man. It really worked. <laughs> yeah. That's how you start a gig. Sounds good. Mm. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, uh, good uh, night. Uh, night. That's another one. And here we are. It's another podcast. Good to be here, Steve. Nice to be with you as well. And we're going to do some more talking about music that we made a long time ago. Mm. And reminiscing. If you are a returning listener to the show, you know what the deal is. But if you are new here, this is basically myself, Steve, and my brother Giles. Hello. And we talk about songs that we recorded at home on crappy equipment and sometimes borrowed equipment. And we recorded them about 30 years ago. And we just listening to them and commenting on them. And that is the podcast. And last episode, if you, if you listened... We had the audacity to introduce a new feature where we're encouraging listeners to send in their own recordings mm. from the olden days, primitive recordings, preferably, yeah, of recordings that they made and things that perhaps they've got stashed under their bed in a box. Now, I did omit to mention last episode that there there is a prize there is a prize for this mm. and leon in the last episode did actually gain that prize because he gained admittance into the eternal hall of the four track gods Ooh. yeah can i have some more delay on that one please more, all right okay are you going to say it again then? And I'll add loads of delay and it will sound like Lee Scratch Perry. Okay. The eternal hall of the four-track God. I'm going to leave a long tail for that. Okay. Beautiful. Right. So, yeah. So, Leon actually won the T-shirt, which is a beautiful thing, which I've mm. designed. And you could win one too if you impress us enough with your submission. So, get it sent in. And... Um, if you don't get accepted into the eternal hall of the four-track gods, go, 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 then go, 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 I'm afraid go, 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 you're going to end up being put back under the bed. Isn't that right, Steve? It's exactly what is going to happen. We will make you put your tapes back under the bed. Back under the bed. So it's not a given that if you send something in, it ends up in the hall. Yeah, you, are- might, you might not win a T-shirt. 
That sounds that sounds harsh. Yeah, well, I might have come up with the booby prize. Okay, might be a pen or something. How about a t-shirt with a big red cross across the middle? I'm thinking like a rubber or a pen. <laughs> oh, nice. I like the merch ideas. Excellent stuff. Yeah, good. Yeah, right. You're not the only one who's good at marketing. That worked out well. Right. Okay. We've got a few interesting songs to talk about today. The first one is a song that was recorded in 1995 slash 1996. It kind of got into a period where we were just recording pretty much constantly. I think at that point I'd left university. Mm. And I don't know what you were doing at that time. I you might have been up in Leeds or maybe you're back home. I don't know. Neither do mm. I. Yeah. Memory. Yeah, but we were kind of recording on an ad hoc basis as opposed to in batches. Mm. Now, this is a song you could probably class it as I've just heard Nick Drake, potentially. Oh, yeah. It's like I've just heard Nick Drake, but I'm nowhere near good enough to play like Nick Drake, but I'm having a go. It's a song called The Last Mod. Mm. Can you remember why we wrote a song called The Last Mod? Yeah, I do actually. I've got mm. uh, I've got a clear idea about it and mm. I think I think I'll talk about it afterwards. I'm going to let people listen to it first. But I want you to listen out for things that I like about it. I like I quite like the sparse guitar. Mm. And I also like when the high BVs come in on the chorus.
right and then turn sideways Do the last martyrs all or nothing Now, I kind of like to avoid tech talk as much as possible, but how, how did you create that guitar sound? Because I like that guitar sound. It's a, quite a technical answer to that question. What I did was I took a microphone and I pointed it at the guitar. Oh. That's it. That's there's, it. There's no trickery on that. It's one, it's one track of guitar. Is it? It's one track, yeah. Oh, oh. And... Um, yeah, that's it. Stick a microphone in front of it. Nice. There you go. We're debunking all the myths of uh, recording. Yeah. Stick a microphone in front of it, see what it sounds like. Do you want to tell us what mic you used? That's the kind of thing that people talk about on podcasts, right? Genuinely no idea. Oh, okay. Right. It might have been it might have been a sure SM57. Okay. Because we had one of those somehow. We got a hold of one of those. Did we? And it's just that's just a job in microphone. You stick in front of something, it records it. That's it. Yeah, I like it. It's it sounds like it's very close. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's how we recorded. We just stuck mm. it in front of it and yeah, yeah. Tried to get as much of it the sound as we could. Yeah, I think I think you did all right on that one. To be honest, in terms I think of guitar, you did all right as well. Been, well, oh, thanks. Self congratulatory. Hey, here, here we, we are again. Oh, we brilliant. <laughs> right. Yeah, anyway, you, said, you, you were asking about where, where the song came from. Mm. So I've definitely got a clear memory that it's based on an actual person. There was a man, or a, a young man, who I used to see occasionally in the Blue Note in Derby who had a very mod-style haircut. Yeah, very and short. This, and this is definitely a few years before Liam Gallagher yeah. kind of like made that thing. And I remember this this guy, and I think he had he definitely had the full on mod regalia, yeah. and he could be seen dancing to all or nothing by the small faces, quite often on his own in the mm-hmm. middle of the dance floor. Yeah, and I never spoke to him. I don't know who he, I don't know who he was. I don't know his name, but he, he struck me as a very not sad but quite kind of melancholy and nostalgic figure, and I. Um, I don't know. It, 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 it kind of it, it was quite touching, really, that he was like sticking with it after yeah. everyone else had sort of packed in. He used to wear like a stripy boating jacket type thing. Yeah, kind of like a 1930s thing. I'm going to blow your mind. I got to know him. Oh wow! Why did you never tell me this? I'll get into that. However, right? He. I wish I could remember his name. I want to say Martin. Okay, let's let's call him Martin. I'm going to say Martin because Martin the last mod, and he worked in a pub where my ex girlfriend worked, mm. and I said, "Oh no, that's that's the last mod," and she said, "Well, he's a really nice bloke," and he actually came to see Johnny Domino play when we played in the Bless, and he was a really really nice guy. I never told him that we called him the last mod, but he was genuinely a lovely bloke. He was very much into John's children. I ended up talking to him a lot about mod music. Yeah, yeah. And he was talking about John's children. He loved them. Yeah. And I, uh, I don't know much about John's children. No, I didn't. But he 
he flipping did. Yeah. So there you go. He was he was a really nice bloke, and he yeah. did keep the look up all the time. Yeah. And you know, the older you get, I think when you're younger, you kind of look at those people and go, "God, that's really pathetic." But mm-hmm. then you think about the effort that goes into maintaining a very specific look. Mm. You mm. can't help but admire them. Yeah. Remember, there was a there was a couple in in Ilkeston, like in Kirkallam near Ilkeston, mm. and they were goths. And yeah, like, husband and wife goths. And I remember seeing them walking through Kirkallam, and they're in full on black goth regalia, mm. and they had a daughter who wore nothing but pink. Yeah, and it was just yeah. it was a really lovely thing. Yeah, well, I don't know. It's like when you go to when you go to Whitby, uh, you know, oh, yeah. in, in October, and you see the Goth Weekend. It's like the gathering of the tribes, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and and I'm pretty sure there are mod gatherings as well. And it's oh, like yeah. the last anything. It's like mm. the last raver. Yeah, you know, there will be eventually be the last ravers, and there'll be the last whatever. There'll be the last weird lo-fi four-track recorders. Yeah, you know, whatever, whatever group you belong to. But yeah, I don't know. That's what that song's about. It, I, I, I was going to call it the last mod in Derby, but I just shortened it. Yeah, mm. it reminds me of mm. a track by Pavement called Fillmore Jive which yeah. I wrote a lot about in my dissertation that we've mentioned before. It's all about the end of youth culture. I, in my head, it's like that. The jam kids on their Vespers and glum looks on their faces. The street's full of punks. They've got spikes. See those rockers with their long curly locks. Good night to the rock and roll era because they don't need you anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? It's that kind of, it's the end of those sort of tribes. And that's kind of come to pass because, I don't know, do you still see those sorts of tribes? I suppose you do. Um, some friends of ours they go to they go to download mm-hmm. and they used to go to Indie Tracks, Rest mm-hmm. in Peace Indie Tracks Festival. Mm-hmm. And they said they were basically the same. It was these people that were outsiders in inverted commas regular society, mm-hmm. finding their people mm-hmm. and they were able to just be themselves. It's and nice to be part of a gang. Yeah, yeah. Last thing I wanted to say about it, really, l- lyrics that I kind of picked up on that I'd forgotten about. Mm. The bit where talking about the mod girl is extinct. Yeah. So it's, it's this idea is like searching around for a a mate, as it were. Yes. But there's, there there are there, there are none to be found. And then he, then in the next line is kind of confusing. The look looking for a mod girl with looking for a rare record. Yeah. Because it's like it's scratched, and then he has to buy a box a box mm. set. It's a it's a melancholy kind of Nick Drake esque song, yeah. But you know, I think it's a it's a it's all right. I think it's definitely a contender for the mixtape. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah. also, you know, the mod look has come back. If you think about this is England, Shane Meadows. You know, the mod girls that look has kind of passed in to culture now, and you do see them around with those very extreme. You know, the mod girls they're not extinct, no. and that everything goes in cycles. And we're doomed to repeat our own youth cultures until the end of time. I wonder if Martin is still out there. I wonder if Martin is his name. So many, so many questions. Anyway, right. So the next one we're going to talk about is a song called Vocodamol. And that is a track from what was the last, again, in quotation marks, proper Johnny Domino album. Well, I don't understand why. Band. Why? Why is it in in quotation marks? 
Well, just because it's you know, I I think of the stuff that we recorded. It's all of all of a part, but we only released officially four albums. Well, if if people wanted to listen to this track, it's available on Spotify. So I, I feel like it's in the world. That's more proper than anything else we've done. Yeah, it's mm. it's it, this one's in the world already. Yeah, and I don't know. I think we're continuing the slightly melancholy theme of this of this episode. Hmm. I think when we get to it, no, I think you're right. But interestingly, I did mention a few episodes ago that Big Jim Convery mm-hmm. had got in touch. Now, Big Jim Convery was true to his word, and he has recorded a bit of an introduction to this song so we're going to see what what jim's got to say about it yeah. uh, before we listen to it and jim jim was our vocalist for a number of years yeah a key member of the of the group so i'm going to honor him with a jim jingle before before we bring him in okay ready as i'll ever be yeah you might have to do just like I'm, I'm sorry, I'm getting a bit addicted to the vocal effects. I'd quite like a bit of pitch shifter on this one. Right. What sort of level of pitch shift? Like low? I'll let, you, I'll, let you, I'll let you fix it. I'll let you fix it. Right, all Ready? right. Ready? Go. Big Jim Convery's going to get you there. Vocodamon. A song about a lonely nerd, William, who builds a robot companion, ultimately rejects him. It's not an autobiographical song. A few things inspired the song, in fact. Uh, firstly, a couple of films that I'd recently watched. Those films being Metropolis and Weird Science. And there's definitely more Weird Science than Metropolis in there. Then a couple of thematically similar songs. Computer Love and Computer Blue. Uh, also, I suppose the other bit was wanting to write a song with a character in it. Um, and I guess the William bit is kind of a tip of the hat to... Morrissey, um, William, it was really nothing. But I was thinking about other songs with with characters in two at the time. So listen to it now, I mean, I like it. But I suppose it has a slightly different, different feel to it. I mean, it foreshadows, accidentally I might add, foreshadows AI. Um, and I suppose, you know, you could be tempted to say, hey, you've written a song about a sex robot here. That's a bit weird. Well, hmm, it's not really about that, though. Like thousands of other pop songs, it, it's, of course, about love. And I guess it speaks to the idea that love may be a construct, but it can't be manufactured, that it's an irrational idea, um, and there's a danger of being in love with an imagined version of someone rather than the real one. Love is strange... Love hurts, love scars. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Love does not compute.
Yeah, I really like that end bit. It sounds like the robot is malfunctioning and it's kind of like breaking down with the sort of delay kind of going, catching up with each other and kind of stuff. And it, listening to that just brought back the phrase, I think we used to use it quite often, more Snickers, more delay. You see, the phrase that came to my mind was actually from somebody I used to know through work. He was talking about Steely Dan. He was not a fan of Steely Dan. And he said about them, just because you can doesn't mean that you should. And I I kind of got that feeling at several points during that song yeah. that things were just going on a little bit. I don't know. I think I need, I, need, I need more Snickers and more delay. Okay, I think there's too much. There's too much delay on on all of on that whole album. I think there's just so much, and there's so much delay on that guitar, and it just sounds a bit clunky to me. That bit at the end, because it's quite a nice. I think if we cleaned up the sound, I think it's meant to be clunky though, because it's meant to be like the sound of the robot breaking down. Yeah, but you're putting on an interpretation. Well, that's what. Yeah, but isn't that what isn't that what you do when you when you listen to music? Uh, Yes. Oh, I think I disagree with Jim as well. I think it is about a sex robot, but then he wrote the lyrics. So yeah, exactly. You're just throwing out interpretations all over the place. It's an interpretive dance. I I I am. I'm going to do an interpretive dance about what I thought about that song. Unfortunately, you can't see it. There you go. What I thought about that song, I think. Your bass playing is outstanding on it. I mean, it's it's brilliant all the way through. I think I like the layers of keyboards and noise. I mean, there's a lot of, again, delayed guitar at the start. It's a very, very short loop of a single chord that just goes on forever. I really like the introduction and I like the verse. feels as though the, the music for the chorus is a bit tossed off. It's not. It's got that really weird squalling guitar bit that doesn't make sense. It's like it's like what I can't even when I listen to it, I can't even figure out what it is you're playing. It doesn't even have any it seems like it's completely bizarre compared what, the to the single line. Yeah. It's like really weird. I like the fact that we're really kind of like picking apart this song. It's like um I don't know what is it because this is one that's a bit is it a bit of a sacred cow, so we're kinda of like we're digging into it. We used to play this one quite a lot. It was like one that's on the album. Yeah, I think we 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 we're kind of getting quite picky with it, aren't we? I wouldn't say it was. I wouldn't say any of these songs were sacred cows. No, no, maybe not. But here's a, another issue I've got with the guitar playing in particular. We recorded all this album in a very peculiar way. I think there's only one track where I go through a guitar amp. The rest of it, I'm going through. Mark had like a, a zoom effect pedal mm. and we used it to kind of as an amp simulator. And I went into that mm. and then straight into the eight track. And I recorded all the guitar parts without any other music on the tape. And I don't know why that was. I think normally what we've done in the past, we get the drum machine down and then we'd build the track up in a kind of regular way. So you do your bass part. And then for some reason on this album, I had to do the guitar bits first. And because of that, psychologically, it feels a bit unconnected to the rest of the song. Maybe that's uh, just me. I think that's your interpretation. Well, but it is based on what actually happened as opposed to you just talking about sex robots. <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, we've, 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 we've <laughs> thing is we've got the word from the source. We've opened up the gym jar and we've got Jim's words saying, this is what the song's about. Yeah, I know. But when, all right, this is, mm. this is going when on. you, when you no, this is like a good, this is a good discussion. When you put something out in the world. Yeah. Right. It no longer is yours. It is the the, the listener. Like we're going to get into some art theory now, right? The listener completes the artwork. The viewer completes the artwork, right? You yeah, yeah. by putting their interpretation on it. Mm. What you intended is yeah, it's interesting, but it's actually the point is what the listener brings to it is is their personal experience of it. And that's mm. as valid as the the maker's intention, I think. Discuss. Okay. Yeah, and I think the ending reminds me of the meat puppets as well. Oh, yeah. Because we were loving the meat puppets, weren't we? Were, we? Especially up on the sun. Oh, especially up on the sun. Loved um, them a bit too much, didn't we? Really? A little bit too much. You know, uh, we, we're kind of modelling ourselves on probably the least successful SST band. The thing about the Meat Puppets is, if you read Our Band Could Be Your Life, mm. the Meat Puppets are the band that all the other bands, they really dug them. Like, everyone just thought, oh, the Meat Puppets are amazing, but nobody bought their records. Yeah, they were like the, they were like the heroes of the scene. But, mm. but yeah, they were not, they were the least successful, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's it, though. Isn't it? Sometimes you have to be like you have to have some bands like that mm. that kind of uh, keep things going. Yeah, and I'm not in any way saying that we are the Meat Puppets, no. but it's just the fact that we modelled ourselves on a really obscure band that were very un- unpopular. Yeah, it was a foregone conclusion. The unpopularity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I am going to take Jim's interpretation of the lyrics definitely, yeah. but you know. I still think it is a bit about a sex robot. Yeah. There you yeah. go. And it yeah. sounds like a sex robot that's breaking yeah. down. Yeah. And that's why I like it. Um, I'd just like to say thank you to Jim for sending his words in. Interestingly, without any prompting, we did receive a recording from the other member of Johnny Domino at this time, Mark Elston. The Elk. The Elk. Elkstone. And he for reasons known to himself, decided to record a cover of that song and he sent it to us. Shall I have a a bit of a listen to it? Let's have a little bit of it. Skanky feel to it. I'm skanking. I'm skanking to this. Yeah, it's a bit of a scar version. 
an electro scarbridge. A Boston it is like the special doing Boston Over, and he's kind of hitting the kind of the offbeat on that keyboard on the chorus. It's skanking. Fantastic day. Ah. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And he did. He, Probably still does love Haywood. He's brought the haircut to it. I like the fact that he's added some space to the song. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? There's definitely there's more space. I like the kind of space that he's added to it there, and he's gone for a bit of a Bon Tempe kind of rhythm. Yeah, yeah. Which I quite like. And mm. uh, it's got that skanky feel. Skanking. Yeah. I'm skanking. So it's Weird. an interesting interpretation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. But I did I did feel the need to sing Haircut 100 over the top of it. Yes, you did. I did. Mm. Because it just felt like that. And Mark, Mark brings that to mind with me, I'm afraid. What, Haircut 100? <laughs> yes. Well, I think he modelled himself on people like Nick Haywood and... Um, I don't Buddy. think that's a bad thing. No, 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 no. And, and Roddy Frame. Yeah. You know, he, he loved those big guitars, and you know, uh, not in a loudness sense, as in physical size of them. You know, those big grets, yeah. hollow-bodied and semi-hollow-bodied guitars and bright red uh, paint job on them. And yeah. I think he came of age listening to that sort of music and yeah. he carried it with him. But it's interesting. I, I'd not picked up when I first heard his version, the, the kind of the scar rhythm that he's put on it. Yeah, which is... It sounded nice. like Special's special second album. There are a lot yeah, of yeah, those yeah. kind of weird, cheap keyboard, drum machine type sounds all over that album. We just promised to me, though, something. Will, yeah. you, will you please go away and watch the video to Fantastic Day by Haircut 100? Because I watched it the other day, and it's really good. It's funny. And it involves the Haircut 100 band surrounded by uh, a group of what can only be described as sexy ladies um, in, in a kind of a Benny Hill sort of style. Really? Um, having, having great fun and riding around in a car and there's a, there's a, there's an old guy in the video for some weird reason that seems to be having a nice time with a, a young lady it's very strange it's very strange you'll find he's having a fantastic day he's having a fantastic day there is an old guy having a fantastic day it's, it you got you got to watch it i'm going to watch that that sounds cool i think that's enough for vocodemol let's talk about the next song Let's talk about the next song. Now, I, I'm I'm quite looking forward to this one because this is one that I can relax to because I had absolutely nothing to do with the recording of this song. No. I think I think I may have possibly made up the title, but I'm not even sure about that to be honest. No. But I, I'm going to enjoy it because I, I, I'm still part of the uh, organisation. 
Absolutely. So I still, I still have some claim to it. Mm. But it's a nice instrumental track that yeah. you recorded. Mm. And it's called Stony Clouds. Yeah. And it's named after a local nature reserve. Like a landmark, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Where there's there's lots of trees and it's very peaceful. And it kind of overlooks the Erewash Valley. And we would go there sometimes and hang out. The main thing it overlooks is the M1. Well, that's it. That's what I was going to say. Um, I mean, you can kind of look from the stony clouds on the hill towards the town of Ilkeston, where we grew up. And you can see St. Mary's Church and you can see all the buildings. But in this kind of beautiful idyllic setting on a hill, it's it's only slightly sort of ruined by the view and the sound of the M1. Yeah snaking through the landscape yeah and it's like a gigantic scar glowing scar at dusk and and the constant road noise so yeah i mean and i think this this song kind of well you know it's going a bit far to say that it or this piece of music is a is a picture of it but it does make the you know the the title and the music connect to make you think of it definitely yeah and um the, the young Woodwards and their friends s- sitting at stony clouds mm. and thinking about the promise of travel and other places and getting out of here. I think for people like um, our former guest Dick and the often mentioned Brian Price, Jock, the Archdeacon of Pop, they used to go there when they were at school and they'd just drink up there. So I think it was a bit of a drinking spot for yeah, those yeah. people but certainly when we were in bands with jock we'd go up there mm-hmm. and just hang out and just get very romantic looking at the motorway the promise yeah. of travel the promise of better places romantic
Jock's on the phone. I just said that. Did you hear that right at the end? What did he say? Dad comes in and goes, Jock's on the phone. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. <laughs> That's funny. There's a weird bit of vibraphone at the start. And I must have just been fighting around on the keyboard because obviously there's your friend and mine, keyboard bass on that track. Yeah. Everyone loves the keyboard bass. I'm a, I'm a big fan of the keyboard bass. I don't know whether you know that. Mm, you've mentioned it several times. Yeah. But um, I must have been bored before I go into work and I just recorded a bit of music. Now, it's hard to be restrained when you're recording stuff on your own because you should just go hog wild. But for some reason, I seem to remember when I was recording it, I was quite bored by what I was recording. But that works yeah. in a sense because there's a lot of space on it. And I could have just gone hog wild and put loads of loads screaming of guitars and, and yeah. overdone the, the drums and the keyboard bass. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you didn't. I'm also glad that I didn't put any lyrics on it because I remember trying to write some lyrics for it, but yeah, I'm, I'm quite glad I didn't actually. Mm. I think it's 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 one of those moments where it's better without, and um, yeah, it's good. I think it's nice. It, I think it does capture the feeling of uh, sitting on stony clouds, and I love the I love the the name stony clouds. It's like such a it's such a cool poetic name for a place. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? wonder if it's still there. wonder if it's people still, still go there. Of course it's still there. Yeah, but is, is, it, is, is it still the same? We'll have to, we'll have to go. Well, no, there's, it's an actual nature reserve now. It used, it, used to, it used to just be like just a bit of land, but now, now I think it actually has a sign up that says it's a nature reserve. Wow. But you can, you can go and walk. You can go and walk up there. You should go. And, well, we should go. Let's go there. Let's go there and, and, and smoke and look at traffic and go oh god it's ghastly it's so noisy <laughs> we'll be completely unromanticizing it yeah it won't be as good when we go back hey well let's not but like staring at the m1 is a thing that you you would do as a yes yeah. because when you were stuck in a stuck in a little town mm. and not much going on and you know staring at the m1 would be like oh you know it's like, it's like going to a service station it was like oh adventure go to a service station it's a portal into another world. Yeah, yeah. Know. We wrote a lot of songs about the M1. Well, it's like it's that thing in the imagination, isn't it? Of, yeah. of, of, of in, in the landscape, it's like there's a way. Out. I guess in medieval times, people would have thought felt the same way about a river. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> when you say things like that, I don't know what what to do. <laughs> Because you leave a pause, and I know you're just about to start laughing. <laughs> just that's it. So now this is the point in the podcast where we choose one of the songs that we've listened to to go on to a purely imaginary best of Johnny Domino compilation tape. Mm. And the three songs we have been listening to today are The Last Mod, Vocodemol, and Stony Clouds. Which one do you think it should be? Because we can only have one. Yes, we can only have one. We're going to be strict about this it. This is going to be one of those ones where we fall out, I think. Maybe. Let's, let's, I'm interested in hearing your reasoning first. Right. In my mind, it's not Vocodemore because I, I quite like it, 
but I think there's just bits of it that kind of let let it down for me. And I really enjoyed listening to Stony Clouds more than I thought I would. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe again, it goes back to it's a Sunday morning mm-hmm. thing. I mean, for me, I like the last mod. I like the story behind it. I think lyrically it's good. And I like the music and I like the sparseness of it. So for me, it's between the last mod and Stony Clouds. And I think the last mod pips it. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be that shocking, but I actually do agree with you. What? I agree with you on that. I do. I do. And I think that Vocodamol, I really like it as a song, but it already kind of exists out there. It's on, it's on an album. And if people want to listen to it again, it's there, mm. right? And I don't think it needs the honour of being on the mixtape, to be honest. Interesting. Yeah. And and I think I really did enjoy listening to the last mod because it's a mm. song that I'd not listened to for a long time, and it was in in the spirit of the podcast, it was like a discovery of something from the past. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a lot. I really like Stony Clouds as well. But but yeah, I think I w- I'm going to go with the last mod. Yeah, I wonder if people will agree with our choice. Let us know if you think we're talking a load of rubbish. Frequently, people don't agree with our choices. Mm. What did I have recently? Uh, some a couple of people said that "Reap the Wind" was robbed a couple of weeks ago, which was a ridiculous yeah. song. Um, that when we were talking with our mate Dick, but they yeah. said that that was robbed. The thing about the last mod is whenever I pick a guitar up, that's what I play. Yeah, yeah. Not in a kind of self-aggrandizing sort of way, hey, check this out, but it's still a very pleasing thing to play. It's the music of your soul. Uh, yeah, but I'm glad we agree. I think the other thing about Vocal that's another song that we played a lot with a real drummer. Oh, yeah, we did. And it was and pretty good, wasn't it? it? And it worked really nicely. I, I remember... Should we mention his name, the real drummer? Oh, the, the Jeff, Jeff Bot Jeff Bot three thousand Jeff Bot three thousand Jeff Davenport, yeah, great bloke, just an incredible drummer. We did play that song a lot, yeah, yeah. But Jeff and Jeff did add something to it, yeah, yeah, he enhanced it big time. He did, he did, and 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 sadly, we don't have a recording of Jeff playing it. I don't think we do. No, no, I don't think we do either. Unless on some sort of weird live recording, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. We'll have a, we'll have a dig round in the mountain and see if we can find it. Oh yes, we will. We will. We will. <laughs> yes, we I am will. the keeper of the tapes, yes. as you know. Yes, we will. Right. Okay. Right. I've got a new section. I have. It's well, sort of. I've, it's been a bit of a train of uh, a stream of consciousness type thing okay. this week. I'm afraid it was kind of brought about by listening to stony clouds and it made me think of it you have to just bear with me on this one it made me think of a film that i think though it it didn't really reflect directly our lived experience in the 90s it did sort of capture some aspect of the atmosphere and that film is river's edge I wonder if you remember, Steve, River's Edge. You remember it, yeah. It was one of those films. We had, a, we had a few films that we would regularly hire from blockbusters. Uh, or, or, or Video Magic, as it was called. Video then. Magic. Video <laughs> Magic or Titles. I think, or I've, titles. I think yeah. I've, weirdly, I've got the card, our membership card somewhere. There are a number of films that we used to regularly get out, but R- River's Edge was definitely one that was a, a repeat uh, yeah. rental yeah and um it's a uh, and watch, watching it again recently 
uh, it still stands up really. I think it's a great film uh, and it's about a group of youth who were very kind of disenfranchised mm. living in a small town in, God, I wish I could remember which part of America it is, but it, maybe you could add, add it that bit in. According to Wikipedia, the film River's Edge is set in, and I quote, a northern California town. Mmm, intriguing. But it's, it, and they live by a river, a town by a river, and one of their number kills his girlfriend, and the others have a very kind of morally ambiguous reaction to that. And it's, it's got a very sort of dark atmosphere. It's got a great soundtrack. It's got lots of Slayer on the soundtrack, mm-hmm. which I, I really I quite like. And Crispin Glover being completely manic. Completely morally, as you say, ambiguous. But he's an archetype of the kind of thing, the edgelord thing that came around in the 80s, where yeah. kind of, where like morally all bets were off. Yeah. And the fact is, this guy's killed his girlfriend and, you know, she must have done something to, to provoke him. And... Hey, he's he's gone over the edge. He's like, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's not a new thing. It's not specific to the eighties, but there was a lot of that around in music of butthole surfers and killdozer and big black, where it's yeah, kind of, like the battles have been won, and we can talk about whatever we want. It's kind of this very liberal approach to to morals. Yeah, definitely, and that that this film completely, completely has that. Yeah. So, yeah, you should definitely watch the film if you've never seen it or watch it again if you've not seen it for a long time because mm. it's, it really takes you back. It really takes me back to kind of a different way of thinking, I suppose. Yeah. But also, the, so that, and this is the train of thought. And then, then that made me think about how much I love Keanu Reeves. Mm. And then I started thinking about, okay, here's a question for you. Right. You know how people have, like, spirit animals? <laughs> Right. Who would be your spirit actor? Because I'd like to think my spirit actor is Keanu Reeves. I think maybe at my best it is. I think my my spirit actor is probably more like Mike That's Reed. M- Mike Reed when he was on EastEnders. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. But uh, you know, you know, having an affair with Pat. Oh. Yeah, that is it is a weird film, Rivers Edge. That's a really yeah. So who is your spirit who's your spirit actor? yet again springing a big question on me um, whatever i choose i will hate and i'll change my mind afterwards come on first answer um we're recording this on the day that uh, matthew perry died and uh, he is uh, the only actor i can think of is matthew Aww. perry you know i met my wife when we were working together and we were very good friends and i was very sarcastic and thought i was incredibly funny and we got together and we've often joked that she's Monica and I'm Chandler. So oh, that's poignant. It, what a in, good ending. In honor of Matthew Perry, I will say him. Oh, Steve, that's nice. So Matthew it, Perry and Mike Reed. But it's probably not Matthew Run Perry. around. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Thank you very much for joining us for another episode of This Our Johnny Domino. As always, if you are enjoying it, Please share it with your friends, share it with your enemies, share it with your loved ones, share it with people in the street. I mean, eventually we'll be able to sell you some merchandise and you'll be able to proclaim your love just by being, which will be incredible. 
please like yeah. and subscribe wherever you are listening to this podcast right now. And if it is a platform wherein you can leave a review or a comment, please do so. Get in touch. We love you.